0: your mother welcome to the cold case iceberg icewood was at the time of his murder uh, paralyzed and in a wheelchair he became paralyzed after being shot the previous year in september of 2004
1: i think she might have been
0: staying with her sister
1: but she disappeared after her sister and her sister's boyfriend got into an argument and then like she was never seen again
2: And he asked because he didn't know who her friend was. Also, he had never seen the vehicle before. Little did her brother know that was going to be the last time he saw LaQuan.
1: I would rather wear Gucci slides out of the trash. than
2: Gucci <laughs> I'd rather eat the trash.
3: Call me yeah. Trash
2: Man.
4: <laughs> he says he went from being a vegan to eating meat now to just eating garbage. <laughs> <laughs> the progression of man. <laughs> and this is Brezza Murder.
0: We no, bring no. you <laughs> true
4: crime cases of color.
0: <laughs> Isn't that called something? Isn't that being the vegan? Yeah, like when you like search and like get like refuse food because it's no, thrown away. That's called being a wook.
4: What's a wook? A hippie, a, a hippie at yeah, Did we have
2: this conversation already? Yeah,
4: I, yeah, I think really we've really done it a really. few times. Yeah, a wook, a wook is a dirty hippie. So anyway, yeah, welcome to Brother and Murder, where we give you true crime cases of color. Uh, we teach you about wooks, and we play you music. Learn
1: something new every day.
4: Learn something. Hell yeah, brother! Hell yeah, Hell yeah brother!
1: <laughs> uh,
4: so now this episode we're actually doing a two-parter on cold cases hell welcome yeah, mother. to hell your mother <laughs> welcome to the cold case iceberg and if you're like battle and uh over the age of 29 you might have to need a refresher on what an iceberg is even though we did it before battle wow those are his words he's the one who's like i don't know what that is like, done
2: I really before. did not know. <laughs> was I was like, if like, sure. completely <laughs> yeah, talking about an iceberg, you know how many YouTube videos I watch that have iceberg in When you said it, I was like, oh, I watch so many YouTube videos that are just iceberg this. I know because I you recorded them before. <laughs> yeah, we've done this before. before. Yeah, <laughs> you were here. But yeah, so are we really ice- talking about ice?
1: <laughs>
0: My case is all about ice.
1: No, they're and all I about the Titanic. <laughs>
0: No, but (laughs) much like an iceberg, the cases at the top are well known. And as you go deeper in the iceberg, Mm -hmm. it's less known. Mm. Thank you for
1: explaining that to us, Robert.
0: The more you know. Okay. So mine is another example of doesn't have to be a cold case, but is. Um, It's our favorite
1: genre. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's unfortunately actually something we've bumped into actually quite a few times. Yes. So uh, Darnell Quincy Lindsay, also known as blade Icewood. Uh, that was his uh, rap name that he performed under was an American rapper based out of Detroit. who was murdered April 19th, 2005. As with many rappers, he did have gang affiliations and it is believed that his murder is connected to uh, gang violence. So, Icewood was, at the time of his murder, uh, paralyzed and in a wheelchair. He became paralyzed after being shot the previous year, in September of 2004. Um, that shooting was believed to be in retaliation to a shooting that, was, uh, that killed another area rapper um, named Wipeout. So there was rap beef that was also connected to gang conflict uh, within Detroit, and it seems to be an escalation of someone was shot. Someone was shot based on that shooting. And then someone followed up yes. and actually killed Icewood or uh, I guess I should say Lindsay. Detroit. Um, me, yeah. And after Darnell Lindsay was originally shot, that put him in the re- wheelchair. Uh, he refused to cooperate with the police or any investigators on the case. And it was believed that he knew who did it. And, you know, because this was related to, um, gang conflict uh, And he g-coded through it And refused to give up any names Or help with the investigation
4: uh, Robert for the layman do you want to explain What uh, g-coded through through it means Oh
0: yeah like Refusing to cooperate with the police Because that would make you a snitch And you should be Handling things yourself or with your group Rather than cooperate With the police so we see that Occasionally where people refuse to work with the police In certain communities to protect their reputation or protect themselves from retaliation from gangs. We saw that uh, previously where a child was shot and people knew who shot the child, but because that person was connected to a gang, they could not come forward without like fear of retaliation. Because even if you put that one person away, there is still a kind of a a structure around them that will enact violence on their behalf.
1: Um, There's
0: no winning. There's no winning. And so, Icewood also has a song that he released called Right On Me," uh, which seems to point to knowing uh, who was involved with the shooting of Wipeout. So, this you know diss track that he put out also may have been related to uh, his shooting on April nineteenth, two thousand five. And he was at a car wash. Someone pulled up to his car and uh, fired into the vehicle, which killed him. And no one in his group has come forward with any knowledge of who conducted the murder, but it is believed that the assailant is known, or at least the group they're associated with is known. But again, people are refusing to come forward with that information. That is the case of late Icewood.
4: I mean, I'm glad you, you went first because Icewood, Iceberg, Reconnection there, <laughs> also Rap beef gets like, so right yeah. now there's a whole bunch of rappers getting like arrested for a We're bunch of shit racketeering uh
2: right day who's sorry sorry sorry
4: you right now <laughs> <laughs> well i'll say it yeah a lot of rappers right now are getting uh, caught up with racketeering all except for uh, the caucasian ones like jack harlow <laughs> he's hmm. he's under investigation but not unlike in other ones not isn't getting
1: arrested interesting well, uh, i mean
4: why is mean, like- jack harlow under
2: investigation
4: in connection with like racketeering and possible connections with like gangs,
2: Jack Harlow,
4: yes, I said the same thing, but he apparently, hmm.
0: yeah, ever since the days of like Death Row Records, the amount of like even just financing for like certain musicians coming directly from gangs is not, I guess, unusual, but I think under. Understood or underreported. Yeah, you know, no-, no one wants to be a snitch. Yeah, I mean, we also talked about that with DeBaby, You know, yes. when he didn't pay tribute to local gang when he went to perform in a city and had a violent an interaction and killed someone over it.
1: Oh shit! DaBaby, I didn't know that. Yeah. Actually,
0: yep, DeBébé killed a man in self-defense in a Walmart. Um, yeah, that that where man I live. Uh, showed up asking yeah. for like tribute to be paid. For him being in that city. Which rappers have to do all the time. If they show up in a city, they have to pay the local gang for security, essentially. Are you serious? I did not uh-huh. know that. That's crazy. Yeah.
2: Even big time people like Kendrick Lamar? Yes.
0: Yeah. I mean Cardi B had to do that, and there was like big debate over, you know, her gang affiliation and paying tribute and all that shit.
2: Really? Uh-huh. Dang, I'm so out of it. Hold on one sec, let me just pull
1: out the thingy. Okay.
2: Gross.
4: I don't want it pulled out. Leave it in. Leave it. Yeah. Leave your. Leave your. (laughs) Mm. Treat me like a Mormon. Do do it through sheets. (sighs) Through through sheets.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. I am covering the murder of Felicia Barnes. So she was 16 years old. She disappeared from, I think, her home in Baltimore. She, I think, she might have been staying with her sister. But she disappeared after her sister and her sister's boyfriend got into an argument and then like she was never seen again. Her body was officially found 45 miles away in the Conowingo Dam along the Susquehanna River, April 20th, 2011. They were only able to figure out who she was through a tattoo and dental records, which to be honest, the fact that she had been in water that long, I'm surprised they could Do some of that, even what? How many years was it again? April. April. She, yeah, she went missing in December, and then she was found in April. Her death was determined a homicide, but they named the ex-boyfriend as a suspect because she and him had had a lot of interaction. There was like hundreds of texts between them, and he was the last person to see her alive. There's a lot of circumstantial evidence pointing towards him. But there's nothing concrete. So he had been charged, went to trial. I don't, I don't think he was ever charged. And then eventually all of the counts against him were completely dismissed because there wasn't any concrete evidence. So at this point, there aren't any leads to what happened to her. And she was buried in Georgia on May 7th, 2011.
0: But. It's always unfortunate when like all of the clues are pointing directly to one person, but there's just simply not enough evidence to convict. Yeah. It's like, it's very unsatisfying. And there's always that part of me that wants to say, it's like, well, we know it was them, but yeah. I would, I would never actually want that in our justice system.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Cause it's it such a know, bad precedent. To, yeah. To blur the lines of probably to reasonable doubt. You know?
1: Well, and I do think that, even though there is a lot of circumstantial evidence pointing to her sister's ex-boyfriend, there's really nothing that is, like, concrete. Um, They say Hmm. here that the defense argued that there was no physical evidence that proved that the ex-boyfriend was the killer and that he he wouldn't have had enough time to kill her, clean up the evidence, and all the things within the time frame that he had. So it's, like... Things point towards him, but it's not. It's not one of those things where it's like, like with Casey Concrete. Anthony, where it's like we kind of like we kind of know that there's no other
0: right
1: alternative. That's
0: Casey Anthony, the case off. is wild. That's still crazy. We don't know how
4: she got off with that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think they're still hoping to like find something, but in the years since then there hasn't been any new evidence or anything like that. There, um, there was a law passed, um, in her honor, like in her name. And it's, there are lots of different laws in different States that are similar to her bill, but she's the only one where the law is named after a person of color. What's the, uh, what's the law? It's a bill known as Felicia's law. The bill sponsored by the Maryland State delegate Jill P. Carter requires the state to publish a list of missing children along with statistics and list of volunteers who can aid law enforcement in search for missing children. Okay.
4: Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean something good came out of it at least.
1: Yeah, it's just I think the thing too that doesn't help is that like when people just go missing, there's not that same level of um I don't know, like, there's not as much behind finding them as there would be to figuring out what happened immediately if it's, like, a known homicide. You know what I mean?
0: The the urgency is different.
1: Right. Weirdly enough.
0: Yeah, the community, like, feels there's a personal stake of, oh, there's a murderer who could murder me or my family out still, and I need to find that person, versus... Maybe they ran
4: away. Yeah, and which then, especially when it comes to like children of color, especially like little girls, mm-hmm. go, oh she she must have been a runaway or she had a boyfriend. Yep. She she, she was wasn't trafficked, she ran away.
1: Well, yeah. and the thing too is like when they're at that that age of sixteen, I feel like there's also less of an urgency on it because of the way that we treat not only teenage girls, but black teenage girls and the way that we adultify them.
4: Yeah, they treat them like they're in their thirties and it's like, sorry, she's fourteen. Yeah. So So, uh, I think I'll go on to my case. And now a message from our sponsors.
3: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit
5: parker.com/purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
4: It, it, it's similar to like, a lot of things we covered before when it comes to like people and just gun violence, too. So now it starts on the morning of March 11, 2008. Amal Smith was dropped off at his mother's residence in Chester, Pennsylvania. He asked his mom, Valerie, if he could pick up his twin brothers from their preschool that day to like spend some time with them and hang out, which he's done before. He spends a lot of time with his little brothers. Uh, he's known as a very like caring and family-oriented person. That day he spent time with them by picking them up and was gonna drop them off later that same day. So now his mom agreed. And, you know, Smith prompts and returned them back to that home that evening after spending some time with them. Now this is when things kinda of take a twist, and his mom actually said in like news reports that she had a premonition about what was gonna happen. After being unable to reach him that whole entire night after the drop-off, she felt like she had, well, she had a premonition in the dream that something went horribly wrong. And that same evening, well, later in the evening, one of his friends came rushing through her door and collapsed, saying that Amal Smith had just been shot and killed. Now, the question that she had, and a lot of other people in the community had too, is like, who would kill such a kind-hearted and caring person? Well, on that night, he had made his way after dropping his twin brothers off. He made his way to a local club just to hang out with friends and grab some drinks. You know, he's there partying with his friends. He had about people said two to three drinks before he left. He had kissed one of his old friends on the forehead. You know, wished him a good night, saying he's going to see him later, and then headed out. Right as he was making his way to his car, someone you know decked out all black mask approached him and shot him several times, then ran off. And that was it. No one has ever been charged with this murder. No one has been no progress. No one has spoken up or said a thing. Valerie said that she actually calls the police twice a year about the case. Once on her son's birthday and then once on the day he died. She said that when she called uh, on his 29th birthday, which was a couple years ago, she found out that the person who was working his case had retired and didn't pass the case along to anybody else. So it, they just shelved it after no one wanted to continue to work on it. So it's just still up in the air. So do we know if it was a, like a robbery gone wrong? Did they have like belongings There's, missing or? So uh, nothing was missing. It from all the reports, everything that said that someone ran up on them, just shot them and ran away. People don't know. People, no one has come forward with like a motive. If he had beef with anybody. From all I accounts, mean, he
0: didn't have beef with anybody. It either. literally could have just been a random killing. Like those do happen. Yeah.
1: It could be that, or it could also be like, if there's something else going on in the area, and that was meant for someone else. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: mistaken identity.
4: Especially yeah. late at night too. Yeah, it could have been yeah. easy as that. But yeah, just no information. And I, I and I, I wonder how many cold cases or murder cases do just get shelved when people just don't feel like trying to figure it out anymore.
1: I would imagine a shitload. (laughs) Which is sad.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's so interesting to me because it's one of those things, too, that you hear sometimes where it's like these um, police departments, sheriff's offices don't have the resources to follow up in all of them. But yet they have like billion dollar budgets. It's weird how that Mm -hmm. works, huh?
4: Yeah, I can buy a new tank that I'm never going to use. Yeah, but you know, I can't. I can't work this case. Oh, but
1: there's uh, all these like unsolved cases.
4: them. Mm-hmm. I remember. I don't. Under, the police budgets are so stupid. Like I remember when I was uh, working at Fort Dix, we, I was doing a class for a bunch of cops and like rollover training. So we have this big machine, it's like a giant Humvee, on like these two little spokes that like turn, and it's supposed to simulate like if you're in a vehicle, you get hit with like a grenade or you hit a IUD, you flip over how it feels to, like, roll over and what you're supposed to do. But I'm sitting there training all these cops. I'm like, y'all never <laughs> going to be in a situation where you're yeah. in a vehicle that's hit by an RPG or you run over a line. Like, you are South Jersey
0: police. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, like, during, uh like, when I first moved to St. Louis, it was right around, like, Ferguson popping off. And uh, they deployed, like, tanks. Not, like, I, I, I'm not military. I don't know any of this terminology, but like like heavy, heavy Humvees that are like armored. No, they bottle from,
4: uh,
0: yeah.
4: yeah, from the army. Yeah. Yeah, they
0: bottle from the army. Maybe. I don't, I don't know shit about military stuff, but they were so heavy that infrastructure could not support them and they were like destroying the streets that they were being deployed onto. So like not only are you not listening to these people who are asking for justice, you are also destroying the infrastructure <laughs> yeah. in that community. And it was just like, it was such a small the thing the that was just adding on top of it, because obviously there was so much violence enacted by the police that people were focused on all of that, that those little things kind of just got swept away under the rug that like, yeah, we also have to repair the broken-ass streets now because you're driving tanks down it.
1: Ate it here.
0: Man.
4: <laughs> all right, and let's slide all the way to the, I guess, the middle part of this iceberg. Lavender Yum Yum, take it away. Yes. Hello, everyone. I'm (laughs) Lavender Yum Yum. Thank you for being here. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yes, hello.
2: (laughs) So LaQuanta Riley was a 19-year-old that was living with a roommate in Eufaula, Alabama until December of 2003 when she went missing. Born February 26, 1984, LaQuanta was raised by her aunt. This was due to how young her mother had her, which was 16. Although her mother was young, they still made efforts to remain close, close during her childhood. Despite being raised by a family member other than her mother, LaQuanta was an outstanding student. So outstanding that she was planning on attending a college with a full ride scholarship, to pursue a degree in forensic science. During this time, eventually she wanted to relocate with her mother, and on December 5th, she returned to the apartment to retrieve some of her belongings. After getting her belongings, she reaches out to her mother for a ride, and unfortunately, she was not able to pick her up. So instead, she gets a ride and moves in with her aunt. She spent the next two nights at her aunt's residence. On December 7th, LaQuanta was seen getting into a dark green vehicle that could either be a Ford Taurus or Chevy Caprice. While in this vehicle, she made a quick stop to her mother's residence to get a jacket and she left. Her brother was inquisitive, though. When LaQuanta arrived, he asked her who was driving the car. And LaQuanta simply responded that it was a friend. And he asked because he didn't know who her friend was. Also, he had never seen the vehicle before. And just as I know everyone that's listening, and all of you too. I'm a very nosy person, so if I'm with you or if you come to wherever I live and I don't know who you're with, I'm going to want to know who you're with and just make sure I'm just very – I'm like that I'm very – very nosy when it comes to that because I'd rather you get mad at me versus something happened to you and I feel guilt later down the line over hypotheticals that probably couldn't be. So, y'all yeah,
0: want to know how nosy Battle is? The other day I was on the phone with Battle and I told him I just woke up from a nap and he asked me why I took a nap. <laughs> 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 I'm nosy, yeah, okay? That, that, like, that why are like you battle. sleeping? <laughs> what that sounds, are you doing? That sounds exactly like Battle. <laughs> well, no, he's like, he was like, oh, are you sick? Like,
4: what's going on? I'm like, I just took a nap. Very inquisitive. Yes. Battle's that guy you'll invite to a party. He'll be like, who's all there? Who no, not, no, that? no. But so who, who did you invite? <laughs> who are all the people <laughs>
1: in this picture on your mantle? <laughs> <laughs> they like I just prayed. need to know.
2: Okay, so little did her brother know. That was going to be the last time he saw LaQuanta. Upon her leaving, they noticed that she left behind money and her purse, which wasn't like her. After three days of not hearing anything from LaQuanta, Pam Riley, her mother, reported her daughter as missing because she got a very weird message on the answering machine. So, some time goes by, and Pam, Pam received information from local police that LaQuanta's name was being used to rent an apartment. And this apartment was around the area that she graduated high school. So like any mother would do, she drove to the apartment. Once there, she was able to speak to some people, including a neighbor, where they stated that she was over at their house using her phone after an altercation with another person. Pam was informed that soon after the incident, LaQuanta moved out of the apartment complex, complex completely. The only evidence in this case of LaQuanta Riley is a telephone message left on Pam's phone, where a man could be heard saying her daughter's name, while LaQuanta can be heard saying, please let me go home in the background. However, the phone call was not fully verified because the message was difficult to understand. It was either "please let me go home" or "I want to go home." Until this day, LaQuanta is still missing, and her case remains unsolved. LaQuanta went missing December seventh, December of two thousand and seven. She, when she went missing, she was five eight and weighed about two hundred pounds. She had dark hair and brown eyes. Some other markings that she had was a scar on her nose, two tattoos. One on each arm and one that read RIP Misha, and the other arm had her name. If you have any information about this case, reach out to the Montgomery Police Department.
4: Yes, do not message us with information. I've had someone do that before in the DMs, and that was really weird. I was like, you need to call the police.
3: (laughs)
1: <laughs> we could give a Brandon Lawson's case. Slightly different, but also, like, the whole phone call thing.
4: Brandon Lawson.
1: Yeah.
4: What, what case was that?
1: I don't remember where it was, but he, I think he was, like, in Texas or something, and he was, like, driving to his, like, brother's house in the middle of the night. They find his pickup truck, like, on the side of the road, but, like, in the road, and he had called 911 in the middle of the night, and like we have it recorded, and like people have listened to it a bunch of times trying to figure out what he's saying, but you can't. Nine two thousand thirteen zero
0: fifty
5: and thirty eight seconds. Another one, emergency. Yes, I'm in the middle of the field. They safe we're just shooting guys over. Right here, going towards javelin on both sides. My truck sure ran out of gas. There's one car here. You got to take to the woods. Please hurry. Okay, now run that by me. One when I, I talked to him, I ran into him. Ah, you ran into him. Okay. Got the first guy. Do you need an ambulance? No, I need to call. Okay. Is anybody hurt? Hello?
1: And he just, no one ever saw him again his truck was there no one ever saw him again i think it might have been he might have been found recently but he went missing like over 10 years ago and like there was not a trace of what happened to him except for that phone call
4: oh damn
2: man. if they if, I, if you get an update on that let us know uh, especially what the what happened with him if you could look it up yeah, well
1: He's definitely dead. I think they found his body, but we still don't know. Well, that, but oh, I mean, I say that because the, they found I it I assume recently.
2: that they found him alive. No. I was going to say, whoa, that's crazy. I just am so hopeful for these cases. I don't like cold cases. Not only yeah. is he very
4: inquisitive, he's very hopeful. He's alive. Honestly, he's like a, Disney, he's like a Disney character.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm the oblivious nut that like would probably get murdered if I went somewhere.
0: <laughs> oh, no. i don't i
1: don't think so oh, as nosy you as you all are all the
2: time don't say
4: that <laughs> hey, you're, 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 too, you're too adorable to murder until oh, i start little, talking little or have character. a resting
2: bitch face like i do
4: oh yeah he'll shut the fuck up snap him first <laughs> <laughs> yeah he asks so many fucking questions <laughs> i really do so where are we going can we your listen card? to music please can i have a your snack, snack <laughs> <smell>? <laughs> yeah it your, your yeah. your smells weird the cigarettes, these smoke cigarettes, not good for you. You know that, right? You shouldn't smoke in your vehicle. The reason <laughs> I gonna be terrible. I get so mad when I see people smoke in their cars. Sorry.
2: I'm just like, why would you smoke in your vehicle? That's disgusting. You probably stink. I'm sorry, smokers, but
4: no, nah, I'll be smoking lots okay. in my car, man. Anyway. Am I getting my key is soul? <laughs> Do you have one of those boxcars? Yeah, hamster yeah, yeah, hamsters. Does it have
1: little dancing hamsters in it?
4: I wish. That's the only reason why I got it. <laughs> was that commercial? Yeah, I, honestly. When I, was, like, when I was a teenager, I saw that. I was like, I want yeah. that car. Alright. Uh, but yeah, no. That was the episode. That was the iceberg. Next episode, we're going to be joined by a friend of the show, another true crime podcast, to uh help us dig up some more shit. Also, in August, we'll be at the True Crime Festival in Texas. Yes. Dallas, Texas. We're going to be there uh Come hang out with us. We're still come planning see out see that- am. Yeah, come see how cute Swan is. How Kawaii Battle is.
2: My shoulder slope. I fit into small places.
1: <laughs> I keep forgetting that it's in Dallas and I keep thinking it's in Austin, and I feel like I'm going to end up buying tickets to Austin. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, yeah, Kelly's going to have, like, gonna have to come at?
1: pick me up.
2: <laughs> That's like a four hour drive. Yeah, I was going to say, those are
0: not close.
1: He's like, where's
4: everybody at? I can't find the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. So we're gonna lock that in. I'm concerned. We're gonna, <laughs> we're, gonna uh, we're still gonna figure out exactly what we're gonna do, but it's gonna be a blast. We're gonna have fun. Actually, we're gonna make Kelly do a skit actually by herself. No one's gonna be on. Bring out the key of soul. The cardboard oh, keys. Yeah bring, so out, yeah. bring out the I think cardboard. I can have some right now. I'm kidding. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, enjoy the music, and we'll. Catch you hoes later. Kiss it from the homie.
2: Uh, (laughs) I gave you a raspberry.
0: We now have breaking news.